0: Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Alright, so if you've been here for the last four weeks, you know the the sermon series that we're in here called Not Perfect, Uh, and we're going to continue on in it today, and um, I've, I've always fancied myself as somebody who takes pleasures in the small things of life. Now, I know what some of you are going to come up to me and say after the service, like, yeah, killing you. obviously you take pleasure in the small things of life because you're small. Don't do it. I'm just, I'm cutting you off right now. Stop it. I hear it all the time, okay? Uh, but there is something, there's something about finding joy in the little things of life. Uh, I think when we do that, it's almost like a superpower. doesn't matter what comes into your, into your world. When you can find joy in some of the small things of life, uh, good things happen. And I, wanna, I want you to just take a minute to think about something. What is the last thing that you were totally overjoyed to hear about or to see? What's the last thing that you were like, man, I'm just, I'm pumped about? It. Man, this morning, <clears throat> I don't know if you know the song, All, all I Want to Do is Win, all I want to do is win. I was jamming to that on the way to church this morning because I was like, this is just an all I want to do is win day. And I played it really loud and Cameron was getting mad at me. Um, but it didn't, it didn't affect my all I want to do is win attitude, okay? I was overjoyed. I was happy to come to church today. Now, maybe the thing for you that you were overjoyed about was something with your kids. Maybe it was making the last payment on a debt that you owed. There is something really fun about that feeling, right? Um, Another one for me was when we actually purchased the church and I got to see what my office was going to look like. I am not going to lie. I was very, very overjoyed. It is big and it's spacious and it's bright and it's nice. Um, sometimes I even like to come hang out there more than my home at times. Um, it's really quiet. So Now I want you to think about something else for a second. When did you hear about something and you immediately wanted to buy into it 100%? Got so overjoyed that you're like, man, I want I want that. Now, I, don't, I probably don't need this as much now, but the 15-year-old me, if I had seen that one advertisement on Facebook about the, about the face cream, that like you put it on and then all of a sudden like all the blackheads come out and then you wipe it off and you're, you look like a model, I'm telling you, I would have bought it 100%. There would have been no hesitation whatsoever. Sometimes I want to buy it just to see what it does now. So if you are one of those people who, who <laughs> were a sucker and you bought it, Please let me know how it works because I'm really, really curious because I'm super skeptical, but would love to know. It is hard for us not to have enthusiasm when we are around people who are filled with enthusiasm, when we get excited about things, when we buy into things 100%. It's hard not to, to get excited yourself. You know, the joy of a child when their military mom or dad comes home from deployment. I'm telling you, when those, when those are on the TV, it's like waterworks cry time. Those are moments of awesome joy. The joy of a young woman who's just been asked for her hand in marriage. Uh, The joy of, and you got to forgive me, but I cry to sports more than I cry to most things in life. But when when a baseball player gets his first major league hit, it's like, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. He's been working his whole life for this, you guys. The joy that comes, even when we're from a distance, it's It's special, it's meaningful, it's powerful. All these moments, uh, they can weigh on us heavily, even even if we're not really directly involved with it. We get excited for people when we buy into things. But it's no secret, and we talk about it a lot, we live in a a messed up, broken world. That's why we call this series Not Perfect, because that's that's the world that we live in, it's not perfect. Uh, But while it's not perfect... I also believe that there can be not just joy that we have in life, but I think that we can live life actually in a state of overjoyed. Just looking around us and realizing that God has put us here for something special. I was just having a conversation uh, this week, one of the days this week with my youngest daughter, and kind of just, I I think it came out of something homeschool that we were doing, and I was saying, yeah, life, life life gets really hard sometimes, but Finley, what's, that, what's the one thing that no matter what's going on in your life that you can look at and you can have joy? And, I mean, she's, she's young, so I, I started coaxing it out of her and coaching it out of her, but she eventually got to that place of, oh, yeah, Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead. Like, that's something that we can always have joy with. And so now I want to ask you, before we go into, into our passage this morning, I want to ask you one more thing. If today was the first time that you heard the story about Jesus, what do you think would be your reaction have you lost some of that initial joy that you had in discovering who Jesus is and what he's done for you? I'm telling you, watching Marley, the, the last girl who got baptized, and, and she comes in in just immediate emotion. That, that joy of knowing that she's given her heart and her soul over to Jesus. There's that joy that we have. Have you lost it? If today was the first time that you heard about Jesus, what would be your reaction to it? I think a lot of times about what, what would happen if, if I was not raised in this Jesus-centered home that I was raised in. I was raised somewhere across the world where I never even got to hear about Jesus. If I heard about the story now of Jesus, would, my, would I be as overjoyed about it? And the truth is, that I probably wouldn't be. Because it takes time understanding the depths of who Jesus is to actually get to that place where, where you live in that, in that constant state of joy. Sometimes it is hard not just to forget a little bit about what this good news is that we hear about. Some of us, we live in this, the good news about Jesus, the story of who Jesus is. We live in it all the time. And so for a lot of us, it, it's actually become old news sometimes instead of the good news. But I think what we're going to see in this story today that we're going to read is there is nothing old news about, this, about the news of Jesus. We can be in places where we think, man, I... I I need, I need this theological depth when, I'm, when I come into church. I need, I need to be wowed by something. But the truth is, there is nothing that should ever wow us more than the story of who Jesus is. The story of what his grace does for us. And that's what I think we're going to see in this story that we're going to read today. Is the story of Jesus having a life-changing effect on your everyday life? Does it give you excitement like we're going to see from this man in Acts chapter 8? And so I'm going to read ahead. Uh, Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, "'Go to that chariot and stay near it.' "'Then Philip ran up to the chariot "'and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. "'Do you understand what you're reading?' "'Philip asked. "'And then the man said, "'How can I unless someone explains it to me?' "'So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. "'This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. "'He was led like a sheep to the slaughter "'and as a lamb before its sheer is silent, "'so he did not open his mouth. "'In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. "'Who can speak of his descendants?' For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Now, I'm not even going to touch that last verse about Philip disappearing, but did you listen to that? That is some cool stuff. That's all I'm going to say about that part, though, okay? Um, I always feel really connected to this passage of Scripture. And the reason is, if you've ever read the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah— You have felt like this Ethiopian eunuch. He's reading it, and the guy asks him, do you know what you're reading? He's like, how can I unless somebody tells me what's going on? Reading the Old Testament, like, dude, we've all been there. Sometimes reading scripture, especially Old Testament, it can be complicated. It can be difficult to understand. But luckily for this Ethiopian eunuch, I shouldn't say luckily, it was was God's doing. God brought somebody to this Ethiopian eunuch so that he could understand this scripture. So starting at the beginning of the passage, we're told that an angel comes to Philip and tells him to, to walk down this road. Now I think if any of us had an angel come to us and say, hey, you need to do this, we'd be like, oh, that's interesting. But I think for Philip, he was probably less in a, wow, that's interesting, the angel's talking to me, he was probably actually more a little bit frustrated. Why would he have been frustrated? Well, because Philip had been He'd been taking part in a, in a ministry that was happening that was really going awesome. Uh, looking, ahead, or looking earlier in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 5, it says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the, when the crowds heard Philip and saw that he, the signs that he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. See, what's happening here in this city of Samaria, Philip is, he is leading a ministry and revival's taking place. Awesome stuff is happening. And all of a sudden, now, we have to be honest, we don't know for sure if if Philip was, was still in this city at this time. The Bible doesn't necessarily say he was still in Samaria doing this ministry, but the odds are there was good things happening. He was probably staying there and ministering. And all of a sudden, God comes and he says to him, leave that city, go down the road. Did you hear what it said in the passage, go down the desert road? This is a road that leads into the desert. So this guy has is, is got this awesome ministry happening and all of a sudden God's like, hey, I want you to leave that thriving, awesome city and that awesome ministry and I want you to go to the desert. Now you understand maybe what's going on in Philip's mind a little bit more. Sometimes, God calls us out of fruitful moments and into dry desert wastelands. But here's an important thing to keep in mind. He doesn't do that to take away our joy. He does it for a purpose that will bring a different kind of joy. Uh, You guys have heard me say this before. This won't be the last time I talk about this this situation in my life, but um, one of of my favorite moments of ministry in, in my entire life was for 10 years I was... Doing, I was a youth pastor, and part of what we were doing is we were serving kids on the Lacta-Flambeau Tribal Reservation in northern Wisconsin. Absolutely loved it. Um, and when God called us here, I'm going to be honest with you, Some of it, it, in some ways it felt a little bit like God calling me out of something that I loved and what I wanted to keep doing into that road to the desert that Philip was happening here. There were things happening in that ministry, and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I, I still miss that ministry. Ministering to kids on a, on a tribal reservation in Wisconsin, I'm going to be honest with you, it just, there's not much of that that happens. And so there's been a lot of times in my life where I'm like, God, oh, why, why would you why would you call us to certain things and break up certain things? Sometimes it's hard to understand. But then something happened this week, and there was a, there was a young lady from from that ministry from uh from the lac Flambo tribe she she messaged me on facebook this week and she said hey kellen could you put me on on your prayer list see what happened earlier earlier like the day before i had messaged somebody one of these other kids that were in this ministry and just said hey i want you to know i'm praying for you and she saw that now this girl she's in she's in some legal trouble and she's she's like hey kellen could you be praying for me and it helped me to realize you know what No matter where we are in the world that we live in today, we get to keep on ministering to people. And here's the really cool thing. The same gospel that was being ministered to there is now being ministered to in a different place called Janesville. We're going into school, Wilson Elementary School, talking to kids who, a lot of kids, they're not getting to hear the gospel all the time. That's the kind of stuff that excites me. We're seeing a church, I get excited every single time I think about the the thing that God is doing in this church right now. And so, While the ministry may be different, if God is calling us to things, it's for a purpose. It matters. God might move you out of one thing, out of something that that you're like, man, this is awesome. If he's moving you out of that to something else, there is a reason for it. And it is going to be worth it. And it is going to be awesome. There is joy that can be found in each and every place that God brings us to in life. So maybe you're in this spot right now where you're feeling like you're in a spiritual desert. Maybe you feel like there's no way that this is the place that God has called me to. There's no way that God has called me out of this and called me into this. I don't understand what God's doing. Or maybe we're just not always opening our eyes when we're on that desert road to what God is putting in in our path. Maybe it's not for you that you're in the place that you're in. Maybe the place that you're in is actually for somebody else right now. Maybe it's exactly the place that God wants you to be at. But sometimes what happens is we're too focused on where where we're not at to be able to let God use us in the place where we actually are at. I don't know if anybody else has ever been that place before, but I know I have. And so God, he moves Philip. While Philip is probably sulking his way down this road to the desert, he's bumming. He's saying, God, why are you bringing me here? He comes up to this important official, this Ethiopian official. And I love the simplicity of what scripture says. Acts 8.29, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. This had to be kind of awkward. I don't think that there's probably too many people on this road. And so there's this chariot and Philip's way over here and he's he's saying, I'm just going to keep walking. And the Holy Spirit says, no, go by the chariot. And so he starts creeping by the chariot. He's creeping by the chariot. And the guy in the chariot had to be thinking, what is this guy doing? Just just two Mondays ago, Crystal and I, we were in Milwaukee, and we went to the Milwaukee Public Market. If you haven't been there before, it's just a really cool place to go and get lunch. Um, And so the reason that we went there, I talked about this last week. Somebody gave us tickets for the the Brewers-Twins game because I'm a lifelong Twins fan. We were going to go on Wednesday. And as we're walking into the public market, the door opens, and I look in, and right away I go to Crystal. Hey, that's the center fielder for the Twins. She's like, no. And from that moment, I I get on my phone, and I'm looking up his name because i got to show a picture of him to her. And so I'm literally now following this guy and his wife and his kid around the public market, putting his name into into my phone so I can show Like, see, honey, it's him. It's the center fielder. He had a gold glove one time. And I'm excited. And so then they get up to this elevator, and I stand there like three feet from him. Looking at my phone, looking at him. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to start talking to him. Because I know we're going to be friends. You laugh. It's real. Okay? And so he gets in the elevator. And I'm like, oh, the window closed. But I, it's like I, it was like I was Philip. And I felt God saying, just stay around this area, Kellen. I'll, I'll give you an opportunity. So I, and Crystal knows. I'm just doing circles around this area, hoping the guy comes back down. Eventually, he comes back down, and he orders some food, and I see he's all alone waiting for some food to come out. And so I, I'm i going to talk to the guy. So I walk over, and I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'll be cheering for you on Wednesday. I'm playing it cool, right? Playing it really cool with the guy. And he's, we start having some small talk. He fist bumps me. He's like, hey, you want to be my best friend? I was like, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little forward for me, but... Here's the thing, I am not afraid to be a creeper when it, comes to, when it comes to a professional athlete, all right? I seem to spot them in the weirdest places. Uh, when I used to watch SportsCenter as a little kid, I'd always find athletes when we'd go to the city. It was awesome. I'm telling you, it is, for me, as a, as a fan of sports, it is so fun to run into a professional athlete, especially randomly like that. But I'm telling you, the joy... The joy when you know that God has called you to a place, a time and a place, and he's put you there and something happens. There is not a joy like that that I can can even imagine. Um, Finding yourself in that moment, in a God-ordained moment that has eternal and spiritual implications for somebody else's life, those are the kind of moments that we should want to live for. Those are the kind of moments that we should have stories about that God, God did something here. And that moment when Philip listens to God and he goes to the chariot, here's what happens. Acts 8, verse 30. Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. Now this had to be the moment where it, it dawns on, on Philip's heart, in his heart and in his mind. This is why God led me here. This is why God took me out of what was awesome down to a desert road. God called me to something else. And yeah, that call was probably really uncomfortable for Philip to hear. But if God is the one calling us, it's going to be worth it. Here's the thing. I think we're better off living really, really uncomfortable lives in a world where we are following the direction of Jesus than if we're following all the worldly pleasures of this world without Jesus. Listening to God's voice when he is telling us to literally go in the opposite direction of all the directions that we want to go, there's something beautiful in that. Some of the greatest joy you'll ever experience is when you're listening to God tell you to do the things that make no sense to the world at large. It may be really hard for a little while. I'm going to be honest with you. The first couple years that I was here, um, I I wasn't preaching as much. I I I was actually... I wasn't doing the kind of stuff in ministry that I always really like to do. I'll be honest, but I just felt like God kept saying, "Just this is this is a rest time a little bit, Kellen. Time is coming, and it did. And I love I love what God is doing. I'm tired sometimes. I've been tired this week. I was painting. That was part of the reason. Okay, but uh, I love what God is doing, and sometimes it takes patience, and sometimes it takes being uncomfortable for a little while. All along, as As God was leading Philip, God had in mind the saving grace that he intended for this Ethiopian eunuch. But here's the best part. It wasn't just that God had in mind this one Ethiopian eunuch. Do you understand that partly because of this transaction that took place between Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, the, the gospel got out into parts of Africa where it probably wouldn't have gotten to before. He went back to Ethiopia, and then the gospel started to advance there. Can you imagine if Philip had not chosen to listen to that small voice of God when he said, go down that desert road? What would have happened if when, when the Holy Spirit was speaking to him and said, go and, and, and kind of creep along by that chariot? And he, What if he hadn't listened to it? When he heard the guy reading from the book of Isaiah... Tell me, I mean, that's just God handed it to Philip on a platter. How many times have I hand, had God hand something to me on a platter? This is your time to talk to somebody about Jesus, and I walked away. What would have happened if Philip had walked away in this moment? Are your eyes and ears open for those random moments where God wants to show himself either to you or to somebody else? Are our eyes and ears open all the time for that stuff? I think sometimes we get scared. We get scared. Man, I don't know know enough to tell people about Jesus. Man, I talk to people about sports all the time, and when they get excited about stuff, they'll say the dumbest things, like Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Now you guys mostly agree with me that he's not, because he left. You're you're like, no, I don't believe that anymore. But people get excited about stuff, and they just start spouting stuff off. It It is okay if you don't know everything about Jesus and to still talk about him. Our excitement alone should make us willing to talk about Jesus even if we don't know all the answers that we think we need to know. Do you know what Jesus has done in your life? Tell people about it. Are you not excited about what Jesus has done in your life? Then here's the thing. You aren't reminding yourself enough about what it is that Jesus has done in you. Uh, I love how Timothy Keller used to always put it. He'd say, We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Telling you, if that's not a reason to get excited, I I don't know what reason you're looking for. There is a reason to be overjoyed because of Jesus. Sometimes I think we don't always tell people about Jesus because we think, Man, everybody knows about Jesus. We live in America everybody knows it's not true maybe they know the stories of the bible but they don't always know how to tie it to the story of jesus see the whole bible is actually a story that is meant to point us to jesus we take the the story of david and goliath and so much of the time when when we tell kids the story of david and goliath we look at that story and we go Okay, so David was this really small guy and, and the giant came out and, and nobody thought that they could fight the giant but, but David, he, he went to God and, and, and he said, help me fight and, and he went and he, he killed the giant and if you go to God, you can do big things too. That's a good story. But here's the actual story of it. We were actually the people, the Israelites up on the hill who were terrified of the giant. We couldn't do anything about the giant. We can't do anything about the giants of our lives. Yet David came in like Jesus comes in in our lives, and he took out the giant for us. That's actually the story of the gospel. The whole whole Bible is talking to us about Jesus, and we don't know that sometimes. And what we need to do is we need to be able to tell people here's what the Bible is saying. Everything in the Bible is actually pointing us to Jesus. Maybe people know the rules about how Christians are supposed to live, but they think that following the rules is what's going to make them right. But the truth of the gospel is that we can't follow the rules right. We're going to mess it up every single time. There's only one who followed the rules right, and it was Jesus. And then he went to a cross and he died for us so that we could be forgiven. These are the things that people don't know and don't understand. It's really simple, and we can tell people about it. We can be excited about it when we tell people. I don't know if you've noticed, but when I preach, the only time I kind of start screeching and getting loud is when I talk about that, right there. Talking about the the basic story of who Jesus is. And I love when when the Ethiopian finally figures out the story of Jesus, I love what happens, starting in verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. I love that kind of excitement, that kind of joy. I was telling the kids before we, we did the baptism this morning, in the Bible, people, it, it wasn't this big, long thing that people thought about about getting baptized. They decided to follow Jesus, and then they just went in the water. They were pumped. They got excited, and they wanted people to know about it. I'm actually going to give you an opportunity. If you want to get baptized at the end of the service today, when, when we're doing our last few songs, I'll be standing over by that door over there. And if you want to get baptized today in the, in the last little bit of our worship, we're going to do that. Because uh, I, I think there's value to it. I think we should be excited about this. But sometimes I feel like I'm one of those people in the book of Revelation, there was a church that was losing their excitement. And, and the guy writing this Revelation, he said, I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. I'm telling you, church family, that is the one thing that we should not, we should not find ourselves in. is where we're, we're abandoning our first love. We're losing our excitement for who Jesus is. We don't lose excitement for who Jesus is because he's changed. It's because we've stopped remembering why he's so good. Now, your, your response to this message, it could go in a number of ways. Um, maybe you uh, need to make that first-time commitment to Jesus. Here's the thing, that's something that you can do uh, on your own, it's something that you can do when you go home and you can just tell somebody, hey, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. The Bible says, it makes it really clear and easy how we become followers of Jesus. When we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we're saved. It's pretty awesome. That's a, that's a super, super easy get into heaven card, Right? So maybe that's, that's what you need to do. Maybe you've chosen to follow Jesus, but you've never taken that step into showing the world that you're going to follow by going into and, and being baptized in water. Again, if you want to do that, uh, we've even got some stuff you can change into. Well, we can do that before the end of the service. Um, or maybe you have felt the joy leave your heart spiritually. In a room this size, there, there are people in this room who have felt that joy leave their heart. Unfortunately, sometimes what happens is it's it's church politics has hit you. Maybe you come in from, from some other situation that there's been a hurt. Maybe I've hurt you. I, that's very possible. And something in you, it's like, man, I just I'm spiritually hurt. Telling you, it's it's also another easy thing that we can do. Come to God and say, okay, God, you know the hurt that I've experienced. You know, you know the difficulties I've gone through. God I want to I be right with you I want to I have my heart feel right again I think that's one thing that I've loved seeing in this church is there's people that have come in with some church hurt and they're experiencing something and I believe that we can experience that kind of joy that kind of overjoyed sense of the Holy Spirit in our lives whatever, whatever is the way that you need to respond this morning let's ask God to grow us in his joy that we would hear and that we would see him in every area of our lives. As he calls to us, that we would listen. That when people need to hear about Jesus, that they would hear it with excitement. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.